He's Christian. He's Jimmer. Working on the new intro. Oh, subtle intro? Yeah. Welcome back. To two physical therapists and a bag of chips. Tiny little bitty bag. It is a wee bag. 160 calories of Old Dutch barbecue potato chips. I'm going to go out on a limb and say these will taste like actual barbecue without the dill and vinegar stuff. Potentially. I almost said a bad word. Potentially. Stuff. Potentially. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But before uh, that, we'll be discussing lateral shift. Lateral shift. Lateral shift. Shifty. Yeah, the lateral shift is a visual shift of the spine to the left or right relative to the spine below. And or above. As they lame it from below. No? Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but yeah, I'm uh, just being a, you know. Yeah, sure. I'm just having more coffee. It is most common in the lumbar spine. It helps to see photos, so we'll certainly post that this week. Uh, in most cases, the lateral shift is actually a symptom. It's not a diagnosis on its own. So in most cases, what you will have is a, a, a disc herniation or protrusion, which is slightly different but very similar. Uh, sometimes you'll see it as just a result of low back pain and muscle holding. In most cases, the individual will shift away from the side of pain. The direction is named on the direction of the shoulders. So if someone's hips are left and shoulders are right, it is a right lateral shift. If the shoulders are left and the hips are right, it is a left lateral shift. There you have it. Pretty Occasionally happens when, uh, when people are trying to avoid hip pain. It's more like a Trendelenburg, but that's for a different day and a different time. Yeah, we should probably cover that at some point. It's a good idea. Uh, you also see in, I mean, in if you have an x-ray done or an MRI done, you can see spondylolisthesis. So this is when there's a shifting of or an unstable vert vertebral segment. Uh, it's also considered a scoliosis. In some cases, it's called an, an acute scoliosis because it's simply temporary. There's a curvature of the spine that's temporarily there. You can have a more permanent version, which is which we just call scoliosis, which we don't refer to as specifically a lateral shift, which is, again, why a lateral shift is not an official diagnosis. Some people call it a lumbar list. I'd never Ooh. heard that before. but No, that has but shown I like up, that. That has shown up a number of times a lumbar list. in my attempt to research this situation. In a lot of cases, people shift to prevent pain, so it's not always painful. Uh, a lot of people don't realize they are doing it until they see themselves in front of a mirror or in a photo or someone mentions to them that they're looking like they're really shifted. And that's typically done to, to prevent pain and also to prevent any potential radicular symptoms. So again, with a disc herniation or protrusion, any sort of disc issue, radiculopathy is the most common giveaway for that. So sciatica being the, the most well-known. But usually with, a, with a, the lateral shift, you'll, you'll not see pain, radicular pain past the knee. So some people will have buttocks discomfort. That's fairly common. But that's usually as far as that gets. Treatment for this is relatively straightforward. We go into to shift correction. So we try to, to get the, the shoulders and the hips to, to be more lined up over each other. We can do this as a manual technique. We can do this as a self-correction. The best technique is a, is a wall self-correction in almost all cases. And then in most cases, lumbar extension will, will also play a role in terms of helping that. And that gets into McKenzie technique, which is... A different show. Yeah, a different story. So most of the time, lateral shift 
is associated with, with McKinsey technique stuff, which is all sorts of names associated with things. Dysfunction, aberrant movement. Yeah, basically McKenzie is a treatment technique for disc herniations. Disc herniations. Yeah. And thus, because a disc herniation is most often the underlying cause of a lateral shift, we can see why it would become a McKenzie technique. Yep. Specific, What's more specific. interesting is to try to figure out whether or not they're leaning towards or away from the disc herniation, which has to do with whether or not it's a lateral or posterolateral disc herniation. Mm -hmm. You can actually test that. With the H and I tests, we should show those. Those are actually oh, really the H and cool. I, the bending forwards and the side leans. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. You could do it with rotations and side bends, and but that that'll kind of um, help diagnosing where the potential herniation may or may not be. What the direction is. Those would be good pictures. They would be. But that's pretty specific, and that's not what this podcast is about. We're just kind of introducing lateral shift. We may throw it in there this week. It's a good visual, so something to look at there. Uh, in general, lateral shift is something that, when addressed early, will reduce. Uh, in most cases, it will fully reduce. Many individuals will have a relapse at a later point in time. Most begin to recognize it, and uh, if they remember their exercises, can, can, can self-correct relatively quickly. Again, it's usually due to that underlying disc issue, and so that is something that 80, 80 or more percent don't require any sort of surgical intervention or any significant medical intervention. So if somebody has uh, has pain and they, they shift away from it and now you're trying to straighten them back out and they get pain, do you force through that? Do you? It's, I, think it's, it's, I think it's relative to whether the pain is worse or whether the pain gets to a point and stays at a baseline level or if it's causing ridiculous symptoms. So usually if there's pain but it's just in the low back, I'm pretty tempted to continue to work into it. Okay. If it's causing ridiculous symptoms, I tend to back off back off yeah don't work into pain or don't make the yeah. pain worse and that's why self-correction can be the most effective way to manage this because you can feel everything before it becomes a real problem you can continue to work into it i um, mean almost everybody manages the symptoms pretty well and can and can correct their pace some people may be a few days some people might be a few weeks but i can't think of any cases really where we've seen a a long-term shift that is uncorrected or not not attempted to be corrected for. Right, yeah, if they're that big, they usually require surgery. Yep. Like if there is a, an actual disc herniation where you have a piece of disc floating around in the, not in the ideal. spinal column area bit yeah, that's thing. Not, not good. No. No. No, but that, you're, you're absolutely right. That's, uh, it's, uh, and the, the results can be staggering. I mean, it can be really amazing how much correction you can achieve in just one or two sessions. Pretty cool. They have something called a modified lateral shift technique where essentially somebody hangs from their arms, but I had only read about that yesterday. <laughs> I'd never seen it or heard it ever talked about before, so I'm not sure if that's even done anymore. I don't really necessarily under, understand it other than potentially there's some traction there, but if you're holding your body up, there's a lot of tension, you know, particularly in, like, say, your lat or something, and that's going to help restrict movement as well. So. Yeah, you have to have pretty good body awareness to be able to relax oh. in that position if you're hurting already. Plus, yeah. we all know what happens when you put traction on a herniated disc. Feels the opposite of awesome. Yeah. Usually. usually. Non-awesomeness is yeah. what happens. But that's a lateral shift in a nutshell. It's a symptom, typically, of a disc issue. Bada bang, 
Well done. Trivia time. This week's trivia question was was absurdly ridiculous. What is the technical name for a hashtag? Of course, many people came in with pound, which is a very common. Is that not considered a that's not considered a technical term? That is not though. the technical name. Gotcha. No, the the technical name is the Octothorpe. In Dutch, also known as Hekje. Hekje, which is fence. Which kind of works, right? <laughs> it looks like a fence. Yeah. So according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, the octo prefix refers to the eight points on the popular symbol, but the thorpe remains a mystery. One theory claims that it came from the old English word for village, based on the idea that the symbol looked like a village surrounded by eight fields. Whatever. So I'm not going there. It's named after Ian Thorpe. He was the first one who... Uh, Australian swimmer. Yep. Yep. The torpedo. Incredibly well done. The Chipology 101 got the Octothorpe. Very impressive. Well done. Yeah. Very impressive. We had many uh, many guesses of of Pound, RJ, Elsie, Natasha. Natasha not so much, but we know where she was going. And then EDS Athlete also with with some some solid Pound guesses. Some solid Pound guesses. That was my guess too. I mean, that, that is what, yeah. I mean, this was a ridiculously weird question. No, I liked it. It's uh, that's very useful because Octothorpe will come in handy yep. at some point in time. Yeah, probably not. Jeopardy but, question. Yeah. This week's question from Scooby Doo: What is Shaggy's real name? Yeah, I couldn't tell. You. Shaggy Doo, maybe. Maybe is he related to Scooby Doo? Shaggy is, is, Shaggy is a nickname. Is is Doo the last name of Scooby? I believe it is. Because there's also Scrappy-Doo, which is his little cousin, if you recall. Little Scrappy, the... I was not I was not a Scooby-Doo fan. The little Scrappy can walk and talk on two feet, so a little, little different, a little yeah. bit different there. Huh. But yeah, what is Shaggy's real name? It's going to be a good one. Yep. Chippers. Chip time. Chippers. Old Dutch barbecue. Bar BQ flavored potato chips. Because what? No vinegar, no dill. This is going to taste like bar B Q. So we got the mini bag, so it's not really fair to do chip to ratio in these mini bags, I don't think. But we're still 40% on this one, so. Should we do it? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how it's going to taste with uh, coffee taste in my mouth. Coffee barbecue is going to be delish. It's a, uh, a little weak. Yeah, a little soft. Not super crunchy. Um, Flavor standard BBQ. Yeah. What do you think of when you think of BBQ? I, I like the barbecue flavor. I don't like the chip. Yep. Flavor's good, it's, though. Uh, I like the paprika. Paprika forward, which mm-hmm. is always good for me. Now, this is almost more like a Dutch paprika. Yeah. Barbecue chip. Yeah. Oh, I just see what I did there. like the Dutch paprika, and it's called Old Dutch. Huh? Nailed it. Um, yeah, it's got it. a little bit of heat at the end. The paprika's definitely coming through. Too bad that this is not... Sweet too, very, hey, um, very. Sh- I mean, more sugary than probably most. Yeah, too bad it's not a real. Um, the chip is very a crunchy chip because this is kind of a very soft chip, lazy chip. Lazy, I see what you did there. I'm not going one thumb. Yeah, flavors there. Chip I'm gonna, is. I'm going to join you today with one thumb up. Minim- minimally impressive, but not detracting from the flavor. No, this is one of those bags about. that you eat and you go like, huh? I wish I had some real chips. Wish I had some more crunch in there. Yep. Thank you for listening today. Next week, we will be covering ankylosing spondylitis. That's a good one. Also known as Morbus Bechterew or Mary Strumpel's disease. 
You can look those up before you uh, listen in. Yeah. Be prepared. We will review, we'll do a frozen review of the Utz Crab Chips. So we did them last year at a time. We will be doing the frozen version in, in, in a continuation of our frozen theme from last year's, last season's frozen voodoo chips. Yeah, the Zaps. That was uh, yeah. by recommendation of Keith, and uh, we're going to continue that trend. That's like, our thing now. Like Christian said, if we've done a chip before, we're going to do the frozen version. We're going to freeze it. We're going to see what happens. If you like today's episode, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you're looking for more information on this topic, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. If you want more information on rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. That's us. He's Jim I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.